The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Well, welcome to the GCBC Podcast, a podcast for Gold Country Baptist Church by Gold Country Baptist Church, where we discuss with our leaders and members of the church the how and why of ministry in the life of our church. We pray it will encourage our spiritual growth for the glory of God. I'm your host, Corey Freeman, and on today's episode, I am with Pastor Brian Sayers. Pastor Brian Sayers is a pastor of counseling and equipping at Faith Bible Church. He is passionate about the local church and equipping the saints to effectively serve one another. Pastor Brian, uh, thanks for being on the show today. Give us a little uh, history about yourself and how you got involved in the ministry that you're currently in. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, and I'm, I'm really excited to meet the folks there and hopefully be uh, useful. I, I got saved at 20 years old out of a non-Christian home, so I had I didn't really have a church background, and pretty early on in my Christian life, just had, I just had a number of experiences that gave me a burden to feed God's people, and so after four years in uh, the business world, uh, I went to seminary out at uh, the Master Seminary in California, and in 2000, took a small pastorate in Vermont, New Hampshire, pastored there for 14 years had a great time and that really strengthened my love for the local church and desire to see the body built up and serving one another and really functioning i think the way god's designed the church to to function which is pastors and teachers equipping the saints for the work of the ministry so the body can be built up as as fully and completely as it could and over that 14 years that desire to see lay people equipped to do ministry just kind of kept growing and growing and uh in 2014 uh, my wife and i decided that was really more my gift set was equipping and in god's providence we ended up in spokane where i'm now doing counseling and equipping and that's really what i love to do i feel like god's been really gracious letting me slot myself into ministry where i can continue to stir up the gift of god that he's given me and and hopefully benefit the church the way he's designed me to. So, Well, uh, thank you for that. Uh, real quick, too, on our website, it talks about you have a book that you just wrote. I don't know if you just recently wrote it. It's called Help, I'm Being Manipulated. Can you give us just a general overview of what that's about? Sure. I, I started getting frustrated uh, years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago. I'm counseling people who are manipulative, and I, I couldn't put my finger on where does the Bible talk about manipulation? You're not going to find the word manipulate or manipulator or anything like that in your concordance. And it was just one of those many issues where I think if you try to confront someone with modern language instead of the terminology that God uses in his word, that it, it just sounds kind of empty. And it was, it, and so I had been giving it a lot of thought. Uh, and then when I moved to Spokane, I had a team of counselors here and, I posed that question to him one day, like, we all deal with these type of people in in life and, and in counseling ministry, particularly. How do you guys address it and what Bible passages talk about it? And and they kind of, we kind of team think tanked it and we're able to sort of figure out, it, this is self-will. It's really a form of self-will. It's just someone trying to get their way, which when I say that, probably like, yeah, 
course, that, that is what it is. Odd that it took me so many years to, to figure it out. But as I just sort of started documenting my thoughts, it turned into a seminar that I did uh, at a conference one year. And someone approached me and said, that's, that's helpful material. I think you should get in touch with my friend here who edits this little book series and, and get that published. And that was my first COVID project, actually. When, <laughs> when, when COVID hit, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a, a few weeks of free time at home. I think I'll, think I'll knock out that little book project. And so the first month or so, I, I spent kind of writing and editing that material for publication. And of course, I was home more than three three weeks. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Wow. Uh, thank you for that. If anyone wants to... Um find the link to that book you can go to our website at gcb.church forward slash brian slash his last name sayers s-a-y-e-r-s and you can find the link that Corey posted for the book and articles as well also Corey, on his one of his announcements that he made uh before we start getting into the conference one more thing are you acbc certified yes okay so i've been yeah, I've been certified with ACBC since like 2007 or Okay. Six. Can you just give us an um, overview of that? Because there's actually a few people in our church who are actually going through that process right now. And just kind of give us a five-minute spiel about what is ACBC, and maybe some people in our church would love to get in touch with that. Sure. Uh, ACBC is uh, stands for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, and it's an organization that is really a certifying organization. So they certify individuals who are doing biblical counseling under the umbrella of their local church. And they also certify training centers who are training people in biblical counseling using, I guess, the, the paradigm, the guideline structures that they think you need to have. And so um, it's really a certifying organization. They do have a lot of great information. If you go to biblicalcounseling.com, uh, you can uh, find out all you need to know about the organization. The certification process is is really you take a fundamentals training course through one of their certified training centers. And then there's, I guess, the training phase is the course, a thousand pages of reading. You do 10 hours of observation of a, of a certified counselor, either live or, uh, you know, via video, some platform. Um, and then there's an exam process. The second phase is the exam phase. And there's a series of, I think it's tw- uh, 44 questions. Um, half of them are theology questions. Half of them are counseling practicum type questions. And you're only writing about a page, a uh, page and a half. For each of those questions so it's not like you're writing 44 you know 15 page papers but that's their way of measuring whether the training course and the reading has kind of sunk in whether you understand the principles and the practice of counseling and after those exams are graded then you do 50 hours of supervised counseling so there's uh, men called fellows who are supervisors who supervise your counseling that's not usually done in person unless you have one local but um it's done through reports and phone calls and uh, and some recorded sessions and the whole process takes about two years if you kind of put your nose to the grindstone and stick to it um pretty thorough and i've been doing supervising now as a as a fellow for about a year 
a year and a half. And it's, again, it's a joy for me to just equip people for ministry. Seeing lay people in the church who are building into people's lives is, is kind of what makes my heart beat mm-hmm. uh, in terms of ministry. So, Well, thank you for that. So if anyone wants to go through ACBC, you can ask for your fellow to be Brian. Is that the open yeah. invitation right there? <laughs> well, that's the possibility is there. Yeah. Don't want you to get overwhelmed with 20 people right. wanting to. Um, all right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, let's get into the conference now, kind of the why you're coming out here in the first place. And just give us you know, a minute of what you plan to talk about through each session. So the first one is going to be, have you not read the content of biblical care? What, what is that? Can you just give us a brief definition? Sure. That, that's going to be a session on the sufficiency of Scripture. That essentially, God has given to his people in his word everything they need for life and godliness. That the inspired scriptures are, are useful, profitable. God's designed them to benefit us for teaching correction, conviction, and, and training in righteousness. And, and I think for most of us, you know, when we think about what needs to change in my life, we usually have an answer to that question. What needs to change? I, I know what my weaknesses are, and I know I know what sins I've been confessing, um, but we often don't either have the confidence that God's Word is the thing that's going to change that, or we, we don't have the, the skill or understanding of how to take the Word of God and actually allow the spirit to use it in our lives to affect change. So that's that's where we're going to start. This is the starting point. If you if you want to grow and change, God's word is the is the resource that you need most. And if you want to help others grow and change, God's word is the resource that you bring to them to help them grow and change. Mm-hmm. So and that's true whether you're mentoring, discipling, you're a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, a parent, a spouse, a sibling. Um, whatever role you have, you're, you're still called to be making disciples, and the Word of God is the sufficient resource to do that. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's actually really important, even if being a biblical counselor, too, is that the Word is the foundation. We don't go off other resources, because I've had some training in biblical counseling through the Master's mm-hmm. University, and they've stressed that, that the first thing is the Bible, we need to believe that the Bible changes people, not what the world says or what the newest psychology people say. It's what is the word? And that's, I think, very important. I'm glad that that's the first session. Um, session number two, it's he breaks the power of canceled sin. The Savior's all-satisfying object of care. Give us a little brief synopsis on that. Yeah, that's, that session is, is going to be a, a sort of a helicopter view of Romans 6 and and a little bit into Romans 7. I think when we talk about spiritual growth in ourselves or when we're trying to help others move toward toward repentance and growth and change, I think there's a misunderstanding in the, in the church about, maybe we could call it the doctrine of depravity. I hear often people say things like, even my best efforts at obeying God are, are tainted by sin. And sometimes they'll even quote Isaiah 64, all my righteousness is as filthy rags. And and it's it's almost like we're defeated before we even get out the front door. It's like mm. we're, we're resigned that sin is my destiny. But 
actually what what God says in Romans 6 is that you are dead to sin, that you are freed from sin, that your your body of sin has been rendered inoperative, that you were slaves of righteous or slaves to sin, now you're slaves to righteousness. There there are some indicative statements in Romans 6 that are are really victorious. And so we're going to we're going to talk about what does God mean by that because he goes on in Romans 7 and says Man, I'm doing the very thing I hate, and I, I find a, a different law waging the members of my body against the law of my mind, and make it seems like I'm I'm still a prisoner to sin. So we're going to talk about that dynamic of how is it that there's remaining sin in us, even though God says we're dead to sin, we've been freed to sin, that we're alive alive to Him. So there's that's kind of the theological basis for mm. spiritual growth and change. It's right there in Romans 6 and 7. So that's what we're going to talk about. Awesome. And that's all going to be on Friday. So that's open to everyone. So if you haven't signed up for the conference yet, we encourage you. But if you can't make it, at least make it to these because these are very, very good. And then on Saturday, I'm kind of curious what this is. I think I know where it's going. Whose job is it anyway? The context of biblical care. Yeah, this this is going to be really a session that, that helps us see that the ministry of, of spiritual care is something that God has called the entire church to be engaged in. There are times when I think, you know, churches, Christians can embrace the mindset that, that the pastors or the elders are the ones that are that are doing all the spiritual care in the church. And if that were the case, we would all quit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's just too much that needs to be done. Right. Um, and not only that, but there's the kinds of relationships that we have in life with people in our small group or, or as a parent that really you have responsibilities. Every Christian has responsibilities to be encouraging one another in the faith. Mm. And so that first Corinthians twelve twenty five that we would have the same care for one another, that we would know what, what, what does it mean to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to comfort one another, to admonish one another, to instruct one another. Those are all commands that are given to the whole body of Christ, not just the church leaders. And so this session is really designed to help people see that responsibility on the one hand, but also a little bit of history on how is it that the world has sort of stolen the the responsibility for spiritual care from the church. Hmm. Um, there's often a mindset that you know, the problems of life in a modern, complex world are just too too difficult for an ancient book like the Bible to, to, to really address. And culturally, there's been a shift where uh, many, many churches, they just refer people to, to secular counseling when they have, you know, serious problems like depression or panic attacks. And rather than saying, no, these are these are matters that God's word does actually talk about. Maybe not without the modern language, just like it doesn't say manipulation, but we sure know what self-will is and how to address it. That's true. That's true with these other <clears throat> issues as well. So this session is kind of, I hope, going to energize people to go, yeah, right, we can do this. And God has called us to do it. Mm -hmm. And He's, and we've already talked about the resources that he's given us to do it. So it's, it's sort of the ecclesiastical foundation for uh, spiritual care in the church with a little bit of history. Mm -hmm. to help you understand how, how, how churches have maybe drifted a little bit. 
from mm. that responsibility. Mm, that sounds like a really good session. Yeah, seems like a lot of people in churches, when they hear the term biblical counseling, they think, oh, I need a degree in that. I need to be professionally trained. I don't have time for that. And while it's beneficial, yeah. I've no doubt to be trained, that's that doesn't excuse you from not counseling people or to encourage people. Or if you're a Christian, that's it. You are now qualified to go and do that. So that sounds yeah. like a very good session to go to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like that's that's great. That is exactly it. We mm-hmm. we may not be able to help everyone with everything, mm-hmm. right? Right. But as as a church, knowing we have that responsibility, we come together and pool our resources, so to speak, to provide that care. Mm-hmm. And so this is a great step for for Gold Country just to mm-hmm. you know reinvigorate their commitment to that and mm-hmm. begin the process of deepening their understanding of that. And I'm excited to be a part of, hopefully, some transformation. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. And then kind of where the application comes, session four, how can change happen? The goal of biblical care, what is it? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, so we're going to kind of talk about that, building off of that theological basis of I'm freed from sin, I'm dead to sin, but I've got another law waging war in my members from Romans 6 and 7. We're just going to talk about how how it is our heart gets captivated by sin. And then a, I hope a practical approach to overcoming the things in life that plague us, uh, whether they're, whether it's, you know, anger, anxiety, uh, sadness, or, or just selfishness, you know, how do I go about growing? So we'll walk through how the Bible talks about our sin is really a, a worship disorder. And what does it mean to put off the old man and, renew our mind and put on the new man and then just the elements that need to be part of a healthy christian life that sustains sustains growth my intention is to give a i hope a personal example that really illustrate it well of some sin issues in my own life that i wrestled with for a long long time finally god helped me overcome it and i I do think there's there's this this session is really i hope will help people see the need to never let yourself get unintentional about pursuing growth. Hmm. Like, in, we really need to be purposeful and intentional in the way that we pursue growth. And that's that's actually what God's called us to. That's why he says, put off, renew your mind, and put on the new man. It's, he's, he's talking about something very purposeful, very, very intentional. So hmm. um, we're, we're going to well, talk about that process. Oh, well, yeah, that's kind of it. And then we go into a little shift but really what you're what you've been talking about with counseling especially in our church now we have a lot of new members that have come to our church who are young married couples with kids toddlers and this session right here is actually I'm really excited about caring for our marriage working out God's design in the home so it kind of shifts cuz all these sessions revolve around biblical counseling the theology the application then we go into our marriages which is really where the rubber meets the road for most of us. So give us a little uh, little synopsis of this, because I'm actually kind of excited to hear what you have to say on this. Sure. Well, it's, I'm really going to go through Genesis 2 and talk about God's design for marriage um, and think and, and hopefully help those young couples think through, like, okay, how am I intentionally and purposefully pursuing God's design for my marriage? Again, it's just so easy to just sort of, drift and not not just in our personal lives but in our marriages and it's it's not that we're you know 
ungodly husbands and wives in in some profound way. It's just maybe maybe just a little lazy, not purposeful, not intentional. So we're really just going to go through and say what what are the things that you should be pursuing if you want to have a God honoring marriage. What's mm. God's purpose for marriage, and and how does God's purposes for marriage flesh out as a husband, as a wife? And and part of the goal is well, it's not you know. It, it, I'm trying to equip people to care too. So the the whole church needs to understand God's design for marriage. If there's one area that I think the world is hijacked, it's 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 marriage and gender and sexuality and relationships. Like it seems the devil over the last 10, 20 years has has turned God's perfect design on its head, right? And so part of what we want to do and just putting forth to the world that we we want to put god's glory on display and his design for marriage is designed actually to, to picture christ in the church it is a picture of, of god's glorious uh, love for us and just understanding god's design for marriage really as a means mm-hmm. of helping individual marriages but also equipping the church to care for one another as we're all striving toward that ideal yeah because it's so easy for us to i guess be lazy about our marriages especially if you've been married a while you kind of forget the basics and the foundation, especially if you've been married in our church, you've been through counseling, marriage, premarital counseling. You tend to forget a lot of that stuff and, you know, life happens and the pressures of life happen. And yet you completely forget it. So I'm actually excited to be reminded and encouraged and change with this session, caring for our marriage. And then session six, a Q and a with you, it's going to be dealing with real life challenges and sins. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, you can't really talk about Q&A because you don't even know what the questions are going to be asked yet. <laughs> but is there, um, is there a theme that you're kind of looking for for this Q&A with dealing with real life challenges? Um, yeah, I do enough of these that I could probably predict the first five <laughs> questions. Um, so there'll, there'll, be, there'll, there'll probably be some questions about anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Probably be some questions about medication. Mm-hmm. That, that's a yep. that's a common common topic yep. uh, that comes up, and how does that fit in with spiritual care? But I I love Q and As. Like I said, I was a preaching pastor for fourteen years, but I, I seem to always get excited when I was teaching at our little church. The Sunday school class was almost as exciting for me as uh, as as the the sermon event that that morning because I got to interact and I got to scratch where people were itching, so to speak, and answer questions and so i, I love q a's and so I, I i don't think there's uh, any any fences so just mm-hmm. lob your grenades over and, <laughs> and I'll, I'll throw myself on them and see what we can do nice nice <laughs> can't wait and then on sunday you will be it'll be you and michelle and also brian and kathy yates during our yep, equipping hour at eight forty-five, and this is also important i'm excited as well having a toddler at home, keys to parenting. I'm sure we could discuss for hours about keys to parenting, but what, sure. but with the Q and A's, since you said last time you've been doing this a while, what kind of questions do you think are going to be revolved around this? I have some in my mind, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably spend 20 or 30 minutes giving, uh, just some, some overview of parenting. You can't, you can't address every age group. That's mm-hmm. the difficulty of just a one-off. So, I'll talk about the goal of parenting, explain the key principles that flow out of that one instruction we get in the New Testament, you know, fathers, 
bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. One, I, I hope, helpful illustration on privileges and responsibilities as we're parenting, like how do we know when to give our kids more privileges? And then talk a little bit about those teen years mm-hmm. um, a little bit and what makes that so difficult. So I, I hope to do that in about 20 or maybe 30 minutes at most and then leave the rest of the time for questions. Brian and Kathy are dear friends of ours. They moved to Reno about a year ago, so they're not too far from you all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop in and see them for a couple of days. And we've twisted their arm to come down and join us for this Q and A. They they've they've got a lot of varied experiences with with their own kids as we do, and so they got a lot of practical wisdom. And he was he was an elder here at Faith Bible Church for for many years until um, they moved down to Reno. So. Yeah, we've labored side by side for a long time. Mm, awesome. And then the Sunday morning message, cultivating a community of care. Last thing. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, that will be a little bit of of review if you've been to all the other sessions. But I did want to make sure uh, for people who weren't able to come on Friday and Saturday that that this message would kind of stand alone, if, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. so that they didn't feel like, oh, I have no idea what he's talking about because... I didn't hear all that other stuff he said. Mm. Um, and so I'm just going to go through some, some key passages about what is it, what does it look like? What has God called us to? And what does it look like to have that care for one another that God is, has called the church to, to have? Mm. And so it just, it'll just be brief expositions of, of four or maybe five key passages, how God has called us to provide spiritual care for one another in the church. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear this. Uh, If you want to go to our site, I'll send the link in the description below. It's gcb.church forward slash care conference. It's not too late to sign up, depending on when this episode goes out. This will really benefit you, and it's really for everyone. It's not for just the pastors or lay elders or teachers, the deacons, none of that. It's for everyone. We're all called to this. So, Brian, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Uh, This has been the GCBC Podcast. We'll see you next time.